Welcome into Galloway Podcast, episode 62. Today is Monday, December 14th, 2020. I'm your host, William Galloway, and on today's show, got a great lineup for you as always. Talking with Giles Amos, former Alabama and Arkansas State tight end, who is now invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, and he's working on trying to make it to the NFL. So we'll talk with Giles about his experience at Alabama, his experience at Arkansas State, but mainly we want to talk to him about Butch Jones and the transition that Butch is making now from a special assistant to the head coach under Nick Saban to now being the head coach at Arkansas State. Giles is a great person to talk about this with experience, being around and learning from Butch Jones, and also having played in both programs. He'll tell us the strengths and the weaknesses and everything that Butch Jones brings to the table as the new Arkansas State Red Wolves football head coach. So we'll start with what's new. We'll talk to Giles about Butch Jones. We'll also talk to Giles about his playing career at Alabama, saving stories, what he thinks about Mac Jones. He's very close with Mac Jones and was during his time at Alabama. And then as we always do, we'll finish up with Around Alabama Athletics. So without further ado, let's get episode 62 of the Galloway Podcast started. A reminder, you can follow me on Twitter if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast at WM underscore Galloway. And the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. So what's new in the world of sports? We look at the SEC scoreboard from last weekend, and obviously some... Games went on that aren't super important given that the SEC championship was already set up, but there's still a little bit to kind of break down and look back on from week 15. Georgia beat Missouri 49 to 14 in Columbia. Alabama beat Arkansas 52 to 3 in Fayetteville. Obviously, not much to say about that game other than Devontae Smith continues to set records and he made a note about himself. Scoring a non-offensive touchdown, getting that kick return, that was very impressive. And it was really the running game that carried all the weight, I'd say, for Alabama against Arkansas. Five rushing touchdowns between Brian Robinson Jr. and Najee Harris. Jason McClellan led the Crimson Tide. I think it was six carries for 95 yards, I believe. He had a touchdown, and so it was the running game that dominated, and as expected, Alabama rolls over Arkansas. In the Tennessee rivalry game between Tennessee and Vandy, Tennessee got the win there, 42-17. to Vanderbilt, the most talked about 0-9 team in the history of college football due to Sarah Fuller and her participation on the team as kicker. She was the first girl to score for a Power 5 team this weekend, making a little bit of history there. So Tennessee beats Vanderbilt 42-17. to Auburn beat Mississippi State 24-10, to and then Gus Malzahn was fired. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, let's get to this LSU-Florida game. LSU unranked, goes into the swamp, and pulls out, I would say, a miraculous win, 37-34, to thanks to the throwing of a shoe. Now, I don't think you've seen or I've seen or anyone has seen something as crazy as throwing a shoe in a college football game. You can talk about the ending to Alabama versus Clemson in the national championship when Renfro had the pick play, if you want to call it that. You can talk about the kick six. There have been crazy endings to college football games, but surrounding the circumstances of Florida already clinching the SEC East for this 2020 season and playing what everybody thought was going to be a one-sided game, LSU going into the swamp and winning based off 
a player throwing a shoe is just absolutely insane. And I want to say this, because Dan Mullen had a teleconference on Sunday, recording this podcast on Monday, and Dan Mullen was asked about Marco Wilson and throwing the shoe. And he said, quote, yeah, Marco's disappointed. He kind of threw it, talking about the shoe, and jumped and celebrated with his teammates. I don't think there was any intention to taunt, end quote. Well, maybe not, but throwing a shoe? I mean, I'm just as confused as the next person. But anyways, wacky ending to that game. Florida now has two losses. They dropped to the number 11 spot, I believe, in the AP poll. And college football playoff will come out. We'll see if there's a top 10. If they are a top 10, that'll be on Tuesday night. So Alabama, Florida, all set for this weekend in the SEC championship. But let's get to Auburn, Mississippi State. Gus Malzahn dancing in the locker room. And I believe he knew that it was going to be his last game as the Auburn head coach. If I had to guess, I mean, I feel like the writing was on the wall based on how this season has gone. Auburn, a 6-4 and four team, got beat by Alabama 42-13, to 13, just did not have the type season that they were looking for and or expecting out of Gus Malzahn down in Auburn. I think the turning point was losing at South Carolina. That was South Carolina ends up being one of the worst teams in the SEC this year, and you go on the road and you lose that game. Granted, it's the middle of the season. We don't know. We have hindsight now that South Carolina was one of the worst teams, but I think that's what kind of sent him over the edge. Uh, Having a subpar game against Alabama was kind of the last push out the door, and Auburn now looks for replacements for Gus Malzahn. I'd say the lead candidates would be – everyone's talking about Hugh Freeze. I think Crystal Ball would be a really good hire – People have mentioned Billy Napier, and I'll say this. You talk about those former Alabama assistant coaches. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, they're a lead candidate. Hugh Freeze is a lead candidate. That's all talk. I think Auburn already knows who their guy is, and I don't know who it is, but I would assume it's one of those guys in the conversation. It doesn't matter that they coached at Alabama under Nick Saban. They could, you know, one of those guys like Cristobal or Napier, if they end up coming to Auburn, could be one of the first Saban assist could be the first Saban, former Saban assistant to beat Coach Saban because if you're playing him year after year, obviously you have a better chance to beat him. Gus Malzahn was three and five versus Saban in his eight years, and Malzahn's highlights include the 2013 season and the 2017 season. 2013 winning the SEC championship, going to the BCS National Championship in Pasadena, losing to Florida State in the 2017, beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl to win the West. So Malzahn out at Auburn. We'll see. I think he'll be fine landing on his feet with a cool $21 million. He's owed half of that by the next 30 days. So $10.5 million before 2021, I I think he'll be just fine. So Gus Malzahn out. That's the latest. We're going to bring in Giles Amos now to talk about Butch Jones. We'll talk about Giles' career at Alabama, talk about Mac Jones, and so much more. Really enjoy this conversation with Giles Amos. So without further ado, here's Giles Amos on the Galloway Podcast. I'm joined now by Giles Amos, a former tight end at the University of Alabama, and he just finished his season at Arkansas State. So what better person to talk to about Butch Jones than someone who has been around him uh, for multiple years and also had a great experience at Arkansas State, where Butch is now headed. Giles, welcome in. Thank you for taking some time. How are you? William, I'm, I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? I appreciate you having me on. 
Absolutely. Well, we've got a lot to discuss and a lot to cover uh, with Butch Jones, but as well as Alabama and your time there. So let's jump right into it. Uh, first of all, you've been around Butch, as I mentioned, for years at Alabama, and now he's headed to Arkansas State, a place where you spent this past season. So tell me a little bit about what you anticipate that Butch is going to walk into at Arkansas State with that Red Wolves program. Man, I, t I tell you what, we got a at Arkansas State. We had a really solid team. We got some really good players, really good talent. Um, you know, we just didn't piece it together this year uh, like we wanted to. We 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 had some bright points, but also we we knew there were things to work on. And I think that's just why the uh, the AD and and staff there decided to go a different direction. But I don't think there's a better person for the job than Butch Jones. Um, people like him. He's a player's coach, and uh, he, he gets people to, to want to play for him, and that's what you ultimately want in a coach. Uh, not to say that Coach Anderson didn't do that, but uh, like, like Coach Anderson said, it's sometimes change is good for all parties involved. So uh, I think it'll be good. And, and also with the news of bringing uh, Major Applewhite in as the OC, Major Applewhite's a smart guy, and I think it'll be a really good move for, for all parties. Yeah, there's a lot going on within this whole process. Um, it was kind of funny to me that Butch left Alabama and Tuscaloosa on Friday, flew out, and then he stays in Arkansas and gets a new job. So just that whole dynamic was interesting to me. But what does Butch bring to Arkansas? Like what, what is his skill set and what did you enjoy about Butch in, in your time in Tuscaloosa with him? Well, something, something really that, like I just kind of touched on, you know, he, he gets people behind him. He, like at Alabama, uh, everybody loved him. You know, he was a guy that you could talk to and, uh, you know, brought some energy. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures of when we beat Tennessee and he's smoking a cigar, just enjoying it. I mean, everybody was happy for him. Everybody loved him, you know. And he's a guy that that uh, just brings a, a different dynamic that makes you want to play. And, and that's something big, especially in today's game. Yeah, what is the biggest thing about Arkansas State that's going to have to be an adjustment for Butch going from being a special assistant and offensive analyst back to being a head coach? Uh. You know, I, I think a lot – I think it, since he'll be dealing with a lot of talent, you know, I think it'll make the transition smoother. Um, you know, Coach, Coach Jones has been head coach at the Power Five letter, level. So, you know, he knows, he knows how to come in and, and work a program. And I, I think going to the group of five, like Sunbelt with uh, Arkansas State, you know, you got Louisiana Lafayette, you got Coastal, who's doing really well this year and all. Um, it'll be some good competition and, and it'll – It'll help him out uh, just with the talent he's got and all. But I think it'll be, it'll be fun to watch, and I'm excited to see it next year. I'm a Red Wolf, and uh, I'm Alabama now, too. So I got a torn allegiance, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to watch. Yeah, Giles, that position of offensive analyst that he was uh, at for Alabama in two years and also special assistant to the head coach, Alabama has so many offensive, defensive analysts, you know, former coaches, Charlie Strong, um, Stoops, and all these people – how, as a player at Alabama, would you describe the role of an offensive analyst, defensive analyst, what those coaches do and what they contribute to the program? Well, uh, you know, a lot of the – at a lot of programs, being an offensive analyst would a lot of times, like, be getting your start in the coaching world. Here at Alabama, you know, it's not really getting your start. It's people who have proven they can be a head coach, and they come here just to, you know, get back on their feet, kind of learn under Coach Saban and then uh, go on to the next level. So it's, it's definitely people who have already proven themselves in the coaching world. Um, they bring a lot, you know, they're smart guys. And I think that really helps us a lot having those guys be able to come in and, 
and work under Saban. And, you know, they learn things for Coach Saban as Coach Saban learns things from them as well. And so it's just – it's really good for both. And uh, I think that's – that really contributes a lot. And, Giles, let's talk about this past season for you. We'll talk about Alabama in a moment. But this year at Arkansas State, you know, you said there were some, some ups some downs. You know, obviously a weird season with the pandemic going on. But what was it like for you getting that grad season at Arkansas State? Man, it, it was really good for me. And, uh, you know, I'm really appreciative to the University of Alabama. Being in Alabama was the best four years of my life. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, just going into the offseason, I knew that I was going to have to make some decisions. And, uh, you know, for myself, and I got put on scholarship for my senior season here, or my redshirt junior season here, I guess. And uh, after the season, you know, I talked with some people and um, just decided it was best for me to move on from my last, my final year of eligibility. But, man, it worked out for me. And I, I couldn't be more happy with the way it, it turned out. And, you know, I, I still talk to my Alabama buddies every day while I was over there and I, they were pulling for me just like I'm still pulling for them. So, uh, no, it was awesome. And, and it's just good to be back in Tuscaloosa for some time, hanging out with them. But uh, I'm excited with how it turned out and I can't wait to see what, uh, what's in the future. And one guy I'm sure you're pulling for is Mac Jones. Tell me about what you've been most impressed about Mac in the season he's had going from backing up Jalen and backing up Tua to now being the Heisman front runner. What do you have to say about his performance this season so far? <clears throat> well, I'd be, I think I'd be lying to you if I said I'm, I'm surprised because I spent a lot of time with Mac Jones on the scout field, you know, and just seeing him drop dimes and stuff in there. I, I told everybody, and I think everybody who's talked to me, about, talked to me about it will vouch for me. Um, I said that Mac Jones is going to come in and he's not going to skip a beat. You know, that guy works just as hard as anybody I've ever seen. One of the smartest football minds I've been around. He just he gets it, you know, and he understands uh, what he has to do to succeed. And he's done that, and I, I think it showed this year, especially. I, I couldn't be more happy for a guy. You know, he's he's waited his time. A lot of guys could, you know, would get frustrated with the process and transfer out and, and all this, but he stuck with it, and he, he's really proven himself, and I, I'm so happy for that guy. And then people love to ask former Alabama players about Coach Saban, about their experience in playing for him, and then you can tell me as much or as little as you want to. But what was that like for you playing for him? And do you have any funny stories or anecdotes or anything about playing for Saban that you only get from that experience of being a player and being in the program? You know, playing, playing for Coach Saban, I remember when I first walked in, like my first day, I saw him and I was like, I was like starstruck. And I, I kind of had to get myself together. I was like, okay, this is your coach now. This isn't a celebrity. Like, you get used to it. And then, you know, you get used to it. And, uh, but, no, I, I really just – me being a small-town guy, had no scholarship offers out of high school or anything, I just – I couldn't believe that I was around Coach Saban and, and stuff. So – and that speaks a lot about how he holds himself and how just – how just well-known he is and all. And so, um, I think playing for Coach Saban was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, you know, I, I have a, a funny story from my freshman year. Uh, I was on scout team. It was LSU week. And so on scout team, you read the card, right? And um, I read it, but I read it wrong. Apparently, I, I was running the, ran the wrong route or something. And Coach Saban just lit a fire under me. You'd have thought that I killed somebody, how bad he was yelling at me. But he, he asked me if I ever watched cartoons as a kid. I, was, I didn't understand the correlation. <laughs> but he just was getting up under me. And I said, okay, I'm never going to try to disappoint that guy again because I never want to get ripped like that again. And once you get ripped by Coach Saban, you never forget it for the rest of your life. It's memorable. 
but never wanted I'm, to happen again. I'm sure. I mean, you see it happen in the media and people just have to keep going in their jobs. You know, somebody asked a um, yes, no, or stupid question to him in the press conference and they get embarrassed, not only in front of, you know, it's not like in getting embarrassed in practice, it'll blow up and it'll, it'll end up on sports center that night. And so, um, you know, I haven't, I don't have that experience of being a player, but I have seen it happen in the media. Uh, so I yeah. see where you're coming from on that Giles. I want to ask you um, about that experience of going from a walk on to being a scholarship player and kind of getting that scholarship. Tell me about that moment. Uh, I guess it was last year, what that was like for you. And man, it was, it, I, it's something I'll never forget. And something I'm, I'm forever indebted to the university of Alabama for, for the years they've given me and, and how they've treated me with the football team. And they were supportive about me transferring from my senior year. You know, they helped me in any way they could. And I was very appreciative of that. Um, you know, a lot of people don't just don't understand, like, the whole walk-on thing. You know, you, you, see these, the, you see the feel-good stories about when it works out for a walk-on. But you, you don't get to see, like, what, what you go through and all the hard work you have to put in. And it's different, man. Like, being a walk-on, you got to earn it. And, uh, you know, I had some really great teammates around me and some people who, you know, I wanted to play for. And they were the reason, you know, you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because I, I love this guy. Or, you know, you got people back home, you got to find your why. So it's really just about finding your why. And I found mine. And it was my teammates. It was my family. Like, and, and that's what really helped me keep going every single day and really helped me get to where I was. Um, and then moving on to University of Arkansas State or Arkansas State University. I, I apologize. And, uh, just being able to find success there. And I, I contributed a lot of the guys back here because I was still playing for them. And now I have new wise people at Arkansas State. You know, I, I got new wise now. And so and that just makes it makes it easier. And it's never going to be easy, but it makes it easier. And now just, you know, I'm getting ready to train and start uh, preparing for the NFL draft and uh, getting ready to go to a senior bowl. So, you know, like it's crazy to say that because my freshman year coming in here, I would have never thought I'd be saying that. But, you know, it's just crazy how time works out, and, and it works in our favor. God, God has really been on my side, and I'm very appreciative for that, and I just can't wait to see what, what's next. Absolutely. That's a great thing to hear, and that kind of leads into some kind of quick hitters I have for you. I like to kind of wrap up these interviews with some lighthearted questions, um, things that don't really make you think and require, you know, strategic answers. So I got two for you. What's on your pregame playlist? My <laughs> pregame playlist? <laughs> okay. Well, my number one song is Underdog by Alicia Keys. I know that that's cheesy and all. I, I don't really listen to it because I feel like I'm an underdog. I just really like the song. It gets you hyped. Um, I listen to a lot of Dua Lipa, a lot of Miley Cyrus. Miley then, Cyrus. And then, and then Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly is my number one. Gotcha. But, Was that on your but, Spotify rap? Are you a Spotify rap person? or? Well, I'm an Apple Music guy. Okay. okay. But so Machine we have Gun our Kelly, differences. Machine Gun Kelly was my was my number one listen to. All right, and then obviously, so preparing for the NFL draft outside of football, outside of sports, what would be your dream job if you could do anything? Sports agent. Well, I guess you said outside sports, um, an accountant. I'd like to be an accountant. Okay. I like and why everybody, is that? In my, everybody in my family works with money, man, and uh, I don't know. They just they're smart people. So I want to, I'd, I'd like to do that. You know, when you tell people you're accountant, they might think you're a nerd, but they're like, God, he's smart though. <laughs> all my, all my friends are accountants and, you know, one semester left of college and they're all going through their, about to start their internships, this, that, and the other. And I'm a sports media major and 
you know, I, I, it never has crossed my mind to be an accountant because they have studied so much and work so hard. And I love sitting here talking about sports, doing my thing. So that's kind of been that. But Giles, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. The insight on Butch Jones, your experience at Alabama. I uh, really appreciate all that. I appreciate you, William. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Giles. I really appreciate him taking the time to share his, and you can say expertise, on the topic of Butch Jones playing at Alabama. Really cool stories about Nick Saban and Mac Jones as well. So an interesting perspective there from Giles. Thank you once again. It's time to go around Alabama athletics here on the Galloway Podcast, and we'll start with football. Obviously, we didn't touch as much on the SEC championship in what's new earlier in the podcast. So we'll do that now. We'll do that now. And I want to read you a couple tweets from the teleconference yesterday. Dan Mullen and Nick Saban met with the media. And there were just a couple things that stood out to me, especially from Dan Mullen's side. Alabama has been keeping up with Florida pretty well this year, but it's really time that the fan base, the team hones in and focuses on the task at hand, which is Florida. Uh, in the SEC Championship Saturday night that will be played in Atlanta. Mullen was asked the one thing that sets Nick Saban teams apart. He said, quote, talent, end quote. And obviously, Mullen has coached a lot of talent. Saban talked about how Mullen coached Dak Prescott, and they you know, have given Mullen had given Saban plenty of problems at Mississippi State, nothing that Saban wasn't able to handle, but Saban has a lot of respect, as he likes to say, a tremendous amount of respect for Dan Mullen and the job he's done at multiple stops. Alabama's a 17-point favorite as of yesterday over Florida, 16-and-a-half, 17, kind of teetering around there. Dan Mullen said yesterday in the teleconference also they have talent at every position all over the field. They do a great job protecting the quarterback so he can take some shots downfield. Now, talking about Mac Jones, Dan Mullen said he's a lot like Kyle Trask. He also used the game manager phrase saying how Mac manages the game well. And I'll tell you what, he's just asking for bulletin board material because Bo Nix said Mac Jones manages the game well, and look how that turned out for him. So you really got to be careful picking your words talking about Mac Jones. But Mullen also said he doesn't expect his guys to be the underdog. They're the SEC East champions. They've had a tough schedule. They've had the SEC only schedule like every other team in conference. And he says his guys aren't paying attention to being the underdog. We talked about Marco Wilson earlier. And then Saban took the stage for the SEC teleconference, obviously talking about how it's a tremendous opportunity for Alabama to be there, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. But the biggest thing that Saban said was about Christian Harris. He said he's got a shoulder injury and he's got a chance to play this week. Of course, Christian Harris was injured on that first play at Arkansas and did not play the rest of the game. Saban has a lot of respect for Kyle Pitts. He has a lot of respect for Kyle Trask. Obviously, this Florida offense is – going to give Alabama some trouble if they don't prepare accordingly, but we all know Nick Saban, he will do so and be prepared. Going to men's basketball now and around Alabama athletics, we look at Clemson, and Alabama struggled against Clemson, losing 64-56 to Saturday night in Atlanta. Alabama men's basketball now looking to bounce back versus Furman. They'll play them on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. in Coleman Coliseum, and in this Clemson loss, Alabama shot three for 22 from beyond the arc. And while the shooting performance from deep against Stanford was an anomaly, so was this one against Clemson. And you got to think, what is the big deal going on with Alabama basketball right now? Not being able to find success from beyond the arc. You thought 
it wouldn't happen after the Stanford game. Well, it happened in the Clemson game. So something's got to get up. I think, personally, this Alabama team has plenty of talent. We know that. But is there too much talent in that it overlaps in terms of you've got all these guys and you've only got one ball and all their skill sets kind of match each other and it's mainly on the offensive side of the ball compared to the defensive side of the ball? I don't know. It's up to you. You know, Whatever you think, let me know. Tweet me at WM underscore Galloway on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts on the Alabama basketball team right now. But they're looking towards Furman now. They're 3-2. and two. They don't look terrible. They've just still got to gel and get it together. So Nate Oates, we want to talk about his comments against, not against, but on Coach K. He was asked last week about playing in the pandemic. Obviously, Coach K and Duke men's basketball have canceled their non-conference games for the remainder of the 2020-21 season. And something they're concerned about is COVID. And something that Coach Nate Oates is not concerned about is COVID. He's more concerned about getting his guys to play. And while the media and everything was portrayed as Nate Oates attacking and going after Coach K, it was simply a disagreement. He made his comment and he said, I think we should play. I think the players should play. They deserve it. Here's the full statement. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the full statement right here. It's a good question. Christina, can I, can I ask you something? I just want to know your opinion. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. So, I, uh, look, here's, here's my deal on it. I think we'd have a whole lot more problems if we weren't playing games. Like, they, they, I mean, don't, everybody talks about COVID. Here's the other thing. If COVID is so bad, all these – I'm look, I'm trying to do my best to keep the mask up. I've already had COVID, so I don't even – I technically I shouldn't have to keep it up. Nobody can get it from me. No, I'm still within the 150 days that the NCAA's recommended. I see all these other guys that haven't had it, and they're masked down the whole game. It's like they got a chin strap on. So if they're really worried about COVID – You'd think their mask would be up the whole, whole game, right? Like, I mean, they. So, I think some of them are are using. Uh, uh, no, we should be playing, in my opinion. We 100% should be playing basketball. Nobody talks about the mental. I, I there's a kid out of Detroit that went to another high major that I just talked to his uncle the other day because his uh, his cousin played for me in Detroit. He went to a high major school somewhere. Mental health issue came home because he was quarantined for weeks on end when he got there. Like, what are, what are these guys going to do if – I got three daughters. Like, I, they, they need to be in school. Like, humans aren't made to sit alone in isolation for weeks and weeks on end. We, we got we to be careful with how we do life, but you still got to do life. Part of life, a huge part of life for all these guys I'm coaching is being in the gym playing basketball. So, I think their mental health is – in a much better spot playing basketball. I think the school, the SEC, the NCAA has done a really good job making sure that we're not putting any of them in danger. So, I no, I don't agree with them at all. And I, you answered the question for me. So, thanks. Nothing to me stands out about that as negative or harmful. He's just saying his guys needs to play. And he gives multiple reasons. He talks about a personal uh, experience of having COVID. He talks about mental health. He talks about how it's the players are in college and they're there to get a degree. They're also there to play basketball. So let them do what they are in college to do. 
It's frustrating that people want to make this political and push it one way or another. I agree with Oates. I don't think it was harmful, and obviously he has made peace with Coach K because of the way that the media misconstrued what he said, but all of this got blown out of proportion and very much so could not have been blown out of proportion if people just take things, step back, and look at the bigger picture. But that's enough about Alabama men's basketball and around Alabama athletics. We turn our attention to Alabama women's basketball now. They are 5-0 and for the first time since 2016. They got a win Sunday at Mercer, 78-61. to They're back in action this Thursday night in Tuscaloosa versus Southern Miss. That game will be at 8 p.m. on the SEC Network. So a great start for the 2020-21 season for the Alabama women's basketball program. That's going to do it here for the Galloway Podcast, episode 62, where we went around what's new. We talked about the SEC championship. We talked to Giles Amos, and we went around Alabama athletics. The Galloway Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And if you want some Galloway Podcast merchandise, let me know. I've got Nike hats. I've got navy, gray, and white available. A couple Comfort Colors t-shirts available as well. Tumblers, coffee mugs, and golf towels also available. Thank you so much for listening to Galloway Podcast, episode 62. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.